0: tonight, beloveds, we have come to the third and final installment that will air uh, on Facebook Live as well as on YouTube, uh, along with the podcast. This is the third and final installment. Remember, there is one more piece uh, and it will be on next Monday night at nine o'clock and it will be via Zoom. So I want to go ahead and let you know now as we're getting started, uh, you are aware and you're understanding. Uh, that next monday night there will not be a facebook live presentation there will be no presentation on uh, youtube nor will there be a podcast uh shared on next week it will all be aired on zoom and so i'm going to share that information with you uh, as we close tonight Uh, and i would that you would take a moment jot it down uh, so that you can be in that final piece as we share Uh, one with another next week, a little time of questions and answers. And of course, uh, one question has already been presented. If we would take some time to talk a little bit uh, about the gifts, uh, knowing the differences between certain gifts. And so we're going to talk about that on next Monday night. So you definitely want to be a part of that conversation on Zoom on next Monday night uh, at nine o'clock. So by all means, connect with us, join with us, Uh, As we take time to talk a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper into uh, the subject matter of spiritual gifts. Let me begin now as we've done um, each time this uh, month in sharing and making sure those of you who have completed the spiritual gift assessment, here is the assessment key. Uh, This helps you to understand based upon completing the assessment what your top three spiritual gifts are. Of course, you remember I told you that you will add up uh, all of the rows uh, across. And then once you get them added up, the top three numbers in the far right uh, column will align themselves with one of the alphabet on the far left. And you take those top three numbers and you will associate them with the alphabet and they will be able to provide you what the top three gifts are. Uh, Please keep in mind, as I shared with you throughout this process, The gifts change, seasons change, gifts change as you grow, as you mature, as you are strengthened in your relationship, in your walk with God. uh, Of course, the gifts are going to change. So what you may have now, I could almost guarantee you, you'll go back six months from now and it will be something different. And that's only the level of growth that we have uh, in our walk with God, in our relationship with God. I want to begin tonight by just taking about three to four minutes to just review what we have already talked about in the previous two sessions. Uh, One of the first things we said was understanding that a spiritual gift is a special enablement or an anointing to minister. But watch this. It's under the influence, under the effectiveness and under the power of the Holy Spirit. A spiritual gift is an enablement given to us by the spirit that can only be in operation under the influence of the spirit. All right. That, that, that's the whole understanding of what spiritual gifts are. If someone were to ask you, what does that mean when you say you have a gift of something? It basically says that I have an enablement. I have been anointed to minister in this area. But the thing that separates it is I'm only ministering under the influence, under the effectiveness, and under the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember we said that there was a difference between a spiritual gift and a human talent. What is the difference between the gift and a talent? Human talents can operate without divine assistance. Spiritual gifts are only in operation as the spirit releases, as the spirit permits. And I think if nothing else, and you're gonna hear me share this a couple of times tonight, I think sometimes we can free ourselves of a great deal of frustration, particularly in ministry. We can free ourselves from a great deal of feeling like we are out of place or inadequate. Uh, When we come to understand and learn what is our calling? What is our gift? where do I fit in? And the reality of it is, is that fitting in comes more into what the spirit says versus what you desire. Okay. We, we can desire a lot. As a matter of fact, the book of James asks, says it that if you want it, ask God for it. And the Bible says he give it liberally and upbraideth not. He doesn't withhold it from you. But when it comes to ministry, Your gifting in ministry, your enablement in ministry, where do you fit in in ministry? That is the working of God's spirit within you. There may be a lot of places you want to be, but it might not be where God wants you to be. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit on tonight. We're going to deal with that uh, on tonight. Uh, We also said that spiritual gifts can be used in every area of our lives, not just in church, not just in ministry, but our gifts of the spirit can be used and can be seen in every area of our lives when we are willing to practice three things. Number one, we've got to practice scripture. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God, letting God's word work in us, allowing scripture to give the foundation, not only of who I am, but more so an understanding of who God has called me to be. That's gonna be important. If, if, if what we are doing in the kingdom does not align itself with the word of God, I can tell you now we're going to be out of place from the beginning. It's got to align itself with scripture. Okay. Secondly, it must be also based on our servanthood. One of the things that I find ever so amazing and ever so important that we've got to always remember is making sure that it's not only what we do. Y'all ready for this? But let's also make sure that we're watching our attitude behind what we do. You, you can be gifted in preaching. You can be gifted in singing. You can be gifted in exhorting the saints. You, you may be able to really drive the saints into worship and bring them in for praise. But if you got a nasty attitude, I hope you understand that that can wreck your ministry influence. I want to say that one more time if 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 we are gifted by God and we have abilities by God and we can be used by God, but we have a nasty disposition. we got a nasty demeanor, we can actually cause more harm than good. So servanthood makes sure or helps us to make sure that what we're doing, we're doing it out of a heart for God, and we're also doing it with a right attitude, with a right spirit. In other words, how sincere are we in our service? All right. We we referenced uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 with that. I think you may remember it where, where Paul taught the Corinthian church, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and don't have charity. If I don't have the right attitude, if I don't have the spirit of love, I'm a sounding brass and tinkling, tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, I may have all of these gifts. I may be multi gifted, but if it is not flowing out of an agape love for God, it profits me nothing. I can give my body to be burned. I can give till I can't give no more. I can have the gift of giving, but if it is not done in the right spirit, it profits nothing. So we got to, we got to make sure that our lives are based on scripture. They're based on servanthood. And then thirdly, they're based on stewardship. Stewardship has to do with making sure that we are handling what God has entrusted to us with some level of responsibility. May I encourage young preachers tonight? Let me encourage all of us as preachers. We've got to handle the gifts that God has given us with great responsibility. We cannot be lackadaisical. We cannot haphazardly Uh, use or abuse the gifts that God has given to us. They've got to be given and they've got to be used in the right spirit and in the right frame of mind. That, that is so important. That is so crucial in our walk with God. That is so necessary that, that everything we do, it brings more glory and less shame to the name of the Lord, our God. That's, that's key. Scripture servanthood stewardship. Last week we did a mini Bible study based on these four passages of scripture. These are the four passages of scripture where you will find the apostle Paul discussing spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12 verses six through eight. Um, Ephesians chapter four verse 11. First Corinthians chapter 12 verses four through 11. And then in that same chapter down to verse 28. Uh, We talked about those a little bit last week, and if you missed it, I would definitely encourage you to go back and uh, view the archive, or by all means, if you're following the podcast, you can go back and listen to it via podcast as well. So now we're going to get into the third installment of our sharing together. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this third part, and in this third part, tonight, I really want to take a more practical approach. Uh, uh, uh the first segment was more instructional. Uh, the second segment last week was more biblical. Uh, tonight, let's take a little more of a practical approach by understanding the importance of spiritual gifts. Why are our spiritual gifts so important? There are many good reasons for knowing and understanding our gifts. It, it is important that we have an understanding of what our gifts are. It is crucial that we have an understanding. And so tonight I wanna give you what I believe will be six principles to help you understand why knowing and understanding and having a knowledge of spiritual gifts is so important, particularly for us in ministry. There are six things I wanna share with us tonight and I'm gonna show them with us and I'm just gonna share a little bit uh, as the Lord leads it's important to note and understand tonight beloveds that our gifts are given to us by god i want to make sure that you understand that our spiritual gifts are given to us by god and they are not based on human talent nor are they based on ability one of the biggest misconceptions that is taking place in church now is coming into understanding that your spiritual gifts have nothing to do with your human talent. Your spiritual gifts have nothing to do with human ability. It's all in the power of the anointing. It's all in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to make sure we understand that tonight, beloveds. I need to make sure that you grab that. Because I have seen some folks who may not have the human ability, but God can anoint them to do some mighty things in the kingdom. God can use you when you will submit and avail yourself to be used. Submitting and availing ourselves to being used by God simply means that I'm going to take a back step and I'm going to allow God to use me for his glory. In other words, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my ability. It has nothing to do with what I think I'm able or not able to do. You know, I use the, the, the illustration. I'll use it again. There are some folks who have a talent of singing, but then there's some folks who are anointed to sing. People with a talent to sing can perform. Good God Almighty. But people with an anointing are actually set apart to minister. And if I can encourage us tonight, I want to encourage all of us in the body of Christ to let's seek the anointing more so than our talents and our abilities. Let's seek the anointing. God, I want to be used by you so that your people can be drawn closer to you and further from the world. So we got to understand that. True spiritual gifts are given to us by God. They are under God's control. They are not based on human talent. They are they are not based on our ability. True spiritual gifting is only in operation as it is, as we are led by the Holy Spirit. So tonight there are six things I want to share with you. Six things I want to I want to just open your mind to as it relates to understanding and having a knowledge of what your spiritual gifts are at this moment of your walk with God. All right, let's let's take a look at them. Let's take a look at the first one. This is the first one. The first one in a, is understanding that knowing your gifts will help you determine His will for your calling. I want I want to stress that again. I want to stress that again. The importance of knowing your spiritual gifts will help you determine what is his will for your calling. In other words, it's not about what I want. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I wanna do. If I could help a young preacher tonight, you may want a pastor, but that may not be God's assignment for you. Your assignment may be somewhere else. And I think I can encourage some young preachers tonight, don't let anybody discourage you and push you into something that God has not called and assigned you to. Because when God calls and assigns you to it, he equips you, he prepares you, he shows you the way. See, sometimes, and I'm thinking about growing up, I used to hear the preachers say growing up that sometimes we, we, we thought we heard one thing when we actually should have heard another. We, we thought we heard preach when we really may have heard reach or possibly teach, you know, or even instead of preach, it may have been practice. Come on, somebody, you know, it is so important that when we know our gifts, it helps us to seek him and asking him, God, what is your will for my life? Where do I fit in as it relates to ministry, you know? Every, everybody's ministry, if I could say it this way, particularly since we're talking to young preachers, every preacher's ministry is not in the pulpit. Every preacher's ministry is not behind the sacred desk. Because you may have a great gift of preaching and proclaiming the gospel, but if you don't have that gifting of administration, of knowing how to deal with people, then that's a different scenario the knowledge of your gifts will provide a view regarding what to attempt in ministry as well as what not to attempt in ministry It's going to show you what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And I think sometimes there's a lot of us in ministry. I can only speak for myself there. There were moments early in ministry when I became frustrated. I was frustrated in ministry because I'm thinking I'm supposed to be doing one thing and the Lord was leading me into another. As a matter of fact, if I could share this with you from a personal experience, from personal experience, when I first started in ministry, I was actually directing choirs. I was a musician. I was playing and directing choirs at that time. And when I felt the call of God on my life to move to another level or another area of ministry, watch what happened. I immediately became frustrated with directing choirs and playing. It got to the place I just didn't want to do it anymore. I got to a place where literally I lost joy in something I had been doing since I was maybe 10 or 11. Because even as a child, I was playing for a youth choir at our church. And then when my dad's pastorate shifted, I went from playing for one choir to playing for four choirs. And then went from playing for four choirs to becoming a minister of music over an entire music department, you know? And I, after it got to a point that I actually lost joy in it. And I had to find myself basically before I lost my joy in church, sitting down and talking with my father, who was also my pastor. And he said to me very clearly, This is your time to start praying. You need to start praying. If you're losing joy, start praying. And if I can encourage a young preacher tonight, if you ever get to a place that you become frustrated in ministry, or you feel like this is not where you want to be, or it's not happening like you think it ought to happen, the last thing you need to do is try to move from one place to another, hoping to get something else. Please do not make the mistake of thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. Because I can tell you from experience, when you start thinking that the grass is green on the other side, you'll soon discover that that grass has been fertilized with something that's going to cause more harm than good for you. Sometimes we got to learn how to bloom where we're planted. We talked about this, those who were part of our preachers in prayer on yesterday morning, we talked about this a good deal from John 15. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, the word abide in the Greek simply means to stay put. In so many words, Jesus says, if you stay with me and let my word stay with you, you can ask whatever you will and I'll give it to you. So it's important that we we seek the Lord, seek understanding, seek guidance. That's that's the thing that I want to encourage all of us in ministry. Seek the Lord. God, show me your will. Show me your way. Show me your plan. What is it that you would have me to do? And when God shows you what he wants you to do, here's a good word of advice. Bloom where you are planted. Here's the second thing I want to share with you tonight. Here's the second principle that I want to share. The second principle I want you to see is, is the fact that having a knowledge and an understanding of your spiritual gifts helps to mobilize the entire church. Now, this is important because the reality of it is, we've done a lot of talk about spiritual gifts and I've alluded and referred to preachers, because this is being done to help young preachers, but I wanna make sure that you understand that all of God's believers, everybody somewhere has a special given assignment of the spirit to operate within the church. Every every member of the church, every believer, let let me correct that, every true born believer Every blood-bought, blood-washed believer has an assignment within the church, all right? And knowing what your spiritual gifts are will help mobilize the church for both missions and ministry. Look at this fact. More than 95% of a local church congregation, look at this, are not ministers. It is a, If you really look at it, It is a very small percentage of the church membership that are actually called, licensed, ordained, assigned, and anointed to preach, teach, and share the word of God. So if that be the case, what are we doing with the rest of the local congregation? Well, guess what? They got a role in this too which is one of the reasons why I've always encouraged and I will encourage those of you who are pastors and you have followed this journey and taken this journey with us. I wanna encourage you and I will be more than happy to assist you and provide you with the tools and the resources to carry your congregations through a time of coming to discover what their spiritual gifts are. Because I do believe that that same frustration that happens for preachers can also happen for the laity. It can happen where really we just feel like we don't fit in. I'm just one in the pews. I'm just a body in the sanctuary. I'm just a number on the church roll so that when pastor starts bragging and saying he's got 3000 members when he really only has about 650, we can really be counting among the numbers. You know, so so we got to make sure that since 95 percent of the local congregation are not ministers, we've got to equip and encourage the entire church body to know what their gifts are so that they too can know when and where to operate. There are, if I could say it this way, and I'm gonna move on, there are some awesome gifts in the body of Christ sitting in the pew. I wanna say that again. There are some awesome gifts in the body of Christ sitting in the pew. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. There are some awesome gifts in the body of Christ, but where are they? Sitting in the pew. And sometimes we pastors can become too focused on that core group that is closest to us. And I speak from experience. I'm guilty of this that we become so focused on that core group and their abilities and their gifts and, 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 and their godly assignments, that if you are not careful, you will miss out on some great treasures that are sitting in the pew. You will miss some great treasures. You will miss some great gifts that God has sent your way. Sometimes we just gotta learn, spend some time, fellow pastors, spend some time getting to know your members. Spend some time talking to your people. Spend some time finding out where they fit in. You don't know it, but you've got some folk, and this is not only spiritual, but this is also practical. You've got some folks that are sitting among you that can get done what you need and want done in ministry. Get ready for this. And it's not gonna cost you much because they will see it more as a ministry or sowing into the kingdom than they will see it as a business venture, sometimes you got folks with legal experience. You got folks with construction experience. Perhaps you may have somebody with some IT or some technological experience that would be willing to sew into the ministry to help keep ministry moving forward. But the only way you know that is you've got to know what gifts are in the house. You got to know what's in the house. What's in the house? We got to equip And we've got to encourage every Christian to know when and where to operate. Because just like there are preachers who are wanting to know where they fit in, I can assure you there are some people in the pew who want to know just as well as as where they fit in as well. Which brings me to the third key I want to share, the third principle I want to share on tonight. Here's here's the third principle. The third principle, knowing your gifts. Why is it so important? Knowing your gifts assists in setting priorities for study, for growth, and for ministry. I need every young preacher to see what I'm about to share. Under the leading of the Holy Spirit, And pastoral leadership, we should prayerfully work to develop ourselves in the areas of our spiritual gifts. Please allow me to say this to as a word of encouragement to young preachers who are excited and have a zeal for wanting to do ministry, but you feel like your pastor is not moving fast enough for you. I got three words for you from experience. Trust the process. I want to say it again. Trust the process. You may feel like you should be ordained for the next level of ministry. You may feel like you should be set apart for a certain level of ministry. You may feel like you should be assigned. Pastor ought to let me take charge of that. Pastor, let me take charge of it. I believe I can turn it around. Well, let me go ahead and tell you uh, on behalf of all pastors, you'll never get there because you've already got the wrong spirit and demeanor. You got to make sure that you remain humble and let God promote you. Remember the word of God. Now, let me help young preachers. The word of God says that a man's gift makes room for him. And I firmly believe that if your gifting makes room for you, you don't have to make room for your gift. May I say that one more time? If a man's gift makes room for him, he does not have to make room for his gift. And I can tell you from personal experience and personal failures and from hard lessons I had to learn sometimes you will try to push and regard and try to make things happen. And then when it don't happen with this pastor, you fall out and go run to another pastor thinking that pastor will do it. Let me tell you what will end up happening. You will find a pastor that will be willing to do it only for the purpose of abusing you for your gift. I've seen a great deal of young preachers hurt And I've seen a great deal of young preachers influence, basically robbed of them because they have moved too quickly. Even the Bible says that we lay hands on no man suddenly. Let me, let me encourage every young preacher to do something. I know you're uh, zealous. I know you're excited. I know you want to work in ministry. I know you want to have a place in ministry. I know you want to fit in. But the first thing you need to do is submit yourself to godly pastoral leadership. That's number one. Submit yourself to godly pastoral leadership. I'm talking about pastoral leadership that's going to point you to the way of the word and not the way of your will. Submit to godly pastoral leadership who will do for you what Paul did for Timothy, submit and become led by pastoral leadership that you can sit under and be rebuked, reproved, exhorted with teaching and with patience. Now that's a two way street there. If I can take about 30 seconds to help you 30 seconds, I want to help you. That simply means that you're going to have to be willing to submit to correction without offense. You're going to have to take instruction without an attitude. You're going to have to be willing to listen. Without this spirit of arrogance of thinking, you know, everything. Set some priorities. Sit down with your pastor. Talk with your pastor. Ask your pastor for guidance. Pastor, this is my heart's desire. And I'll tell you this right now, from one pastor to another, if it is of God that you go there, guess what? The Lord is so intelligent. His spirit is so intelligent. He will have already shown it to your pastoral leader so that they will know how to effectively lead you. Now, don't get upset and leave the church and leave the preacher and and call yourself trying to move to another church because it's not happening like you want it to happen. All right. Under the leading of the Holy Spirit and pastoral leadership, we should prayerfully work to develop ourselves in the areas of our spiritual gifts. What is my spiritual gift? What is your top spiritual gift? If your top spiritual gift is the gift of compassion, I'm gonna put you in a place, as a pastor, I'm gonna train you in a place that it can be most effective. If I could use as an illustration, if you've got the gift of compassion, I'm gonna put you in charge of of sick visitations, going to see about the welfare and the care of the church body. You understand what I'm saying? If you've got the gift of, of compassion, I may not necessarily put you over finance, Because you're going to become too compassionate (laughs) and blow the budget. Y'all understand what I'm saying? There is a gift for each area of ministry. And where you may want to be may not necessarily be where God wants you to be. That's understandable. All right. Let's look at point number four. Here's, here's, Here's the fourth principle. Fourth principle. Fourth principle. Principle number four. Knowing your gifts gives you a sense of dignity, self-worth, and belonging. Knowing your gifts gives you a sense of dignity, self-worth, and belonging. I'm going to hang out here for about two minutes because I need to speak to members of the body of Christ who feel like they have been let down. They feel like they have been berated, that they are second rate. They are not good enough. Hear me tonight. When you operate in the gifts as the spirit leads you, there is no such thing as a second class citizen. In the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as a second class kingdom citizen. Whatever your gift is, you have a vital significance as a member of the body of Christ. Tonight, I want to speak to every young preacher and just let you know your gift has made you important. Now, let me say it quickly. Notice I said your gift, not your talent. Your gift makes you important. What God has invested in you, what God has placed in you, that is what makes you important. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who have brought you out of darkness into a marvelous light. So don't let anybody berate you. Don't let anybody second guess you. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to help about 25 of y'all tonight in helping you understand that if your gift is under the influence, the effectiveness, and the power of the Holy Ghost, nobody can kill what God has birthed in you. They might, (laughs) thank you, Holy Spirit, they might try to delay it but they can't deny it. Why? This is not something people have done. Your gifting is not from folks. It's from the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost has invested in you, He will allow your gift to come shining through to a point that even some of those folks in church who try to hold you back and try to stand in your way and get jealous when you get promoted and get mad because you get moved to the next place. Some of them God will even use to move you to another place in him. So you got to be able to make sure that you understand that that gift makes you important. What God has invested in you, young preacher, that makes you important. So so what if you can't preach like somebody else? Or so what if you can't tune and croon like somebody else? So what if you can't deliver it uh, uh, with excitement? If you just give the word, God will anoint you and your words to turn the world upside down for his glory. And if I could tell somebody this tonight to encourage you, don't you give up in that gift. Don't you sit out on your gift. Don't you hang your harp in the willow trees because you are trying to remember Zion. God can use you right where you are. You let God use you. You let God open the doors for you. You let God makes the way for you. And some of those very folk, I'm a witness, that have tried to sit on your gift and belittle your gift and will try to say that you can't do it. Some, some of those sainted mothers that will look at you and say, you too young to do it. Some of those some of those older Christians who say, he's old enough to be my grandchild. Let me tell you something, God will anoint you to lead grandmama to a greater understanding of Jesus Christ, but you've got to let him use you. Let him lead you. Principle number five, principle number five. I don't want to keep us too long tonight. Principle number five, another important key to knowing your spiritual gifts, knowing your gifts enables you to recognize and receive the gift of others. We talked about this a little bit last week. So I I just want to, I want to touch on this again, and I want to make sure that you see what's actually happening here. If you want to see jealousy killed in ministry, (laughs) If you want to see envy killed in ministry, stop trying to feel or to think that your gift is more important than somebody else's because understanding that all of our gifts come from the same source. Remember Paul taught that last week to the Corinthian church. We have different giftings. We have different abilities, but they all come from the same spirit. When we begin to understand that my gift and your gift came from the same gift giver, guess what we're able to do? We are able to harmoniously function as we give and receive ministry. This is a good time for me to help somebody with a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Guess what? I can't do it all. You know what else? Neither can you. But you know what can happen? When we come together. Y'all understand what I'm saying? When we come together, think about about Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. They both were in the same place, both in the same circumstances, but they both had different gifts. And the Bible says, and at midnight, they sang and gave praises. I, I love the way the old preachers used to preach it. One would sing, the other one would pray, but when they came together, the Bible says the jail started shaking. Lord, I love that text. Read it over there in the book of Acts when you get time, because have you ever noticed Philippi did not shake? There was not an earthquake in Philippi. There was only an earthquake in the jail. And the Bible says that that jail shook so that it opened the cell that Paul and Silas were in and the chains and stocks that had them bound, they found themselves loose from. All because you know what they said? We in the same boat. We in this thing together. So the only way we're going to get out of it, we're going to have to get out of it together. So what did they do? They came together in their gifting. They came together in their abilities. And I want to encourage us as preachers of of the gospel and the body of Christ as a whole. Let's start working together. You might have a gift of giving. I might have a gift of administration. Somebody else may have a gift of compassion. Guess what happens when we bring those three gifts together? We can do some amazing mission work because we got somebody there who really has a heart for the people. Then you've got somebody there who really understands how to put things together and make things happen. Y'all follow what I'm saying? But if I have a gift of administration and I'm trying to do uh, uh, the compassion piece. I might not be so compassionate. You know, I got to understand where I fit in. I've got to bloom where I've been called to plant. And you know what that does? It avoids contamination of the effectiveness of ministry because we're so busy walking all over each other. You see somebody with something you want to do, and now you want to jump in and try to do it, and you weren't called to do it. You know, let me say this, let me say this, and I'm not going to spend too too long on this, but I want to help somebody. There is always somebody in every congregation who wants to try to do everything. And I want to tell those people who try to do everything, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to put yourself in a place where folks will start to distance from you because they feel like instead of you being a part of the process, you are part of the problem. Sometimes we just got to learn how to just work where we have been assigned. Stay where you've been assigned, bloom where you're planted. And when the time is right, what did the Bible say? Let's not be weary in what? Well doing. For in due season, what are we going to do? We will reap if we faint not. Which brings us to the last last key I want to share tonight. Last key to the importance of understanding our spiritual gifts. Key number six, knowing your gift will foster unity among fellow Christian believers. An awareness of spiritual gifts will lead us to respect one another. An awareness of spiritual gifts will lead us to live together in the common life of the spirit as we function interdependently. In other words, I want to function, I want to operate, and the church should be operating in this level. I need you, you need me, we need each other, And we all need the Lord. That's the way we ought to be functioning. Even, even in the preaching ministry, there's no room for jealousy here. There's no room for envy here. There's no room for competition here. Our gifts are different, but when we bring our gifts together and we work together and we cover one another and we look out for one another, I can assure you, God can take all of our gifts. And the kingdom will be multiplied because y'all ready for it? Here's my last statement. We will become teammates and not competitors. That's really what it is all about. That's the key. That's why our gifting is so important. We got to work together. I don't want to run over. I don't want to overstep my bounds. I don't want to step outside of my bounds. I don't wanna try to make myself more than what I am. I wanna be able to have an understanding, as the Bible says, of making my calling and my election sure. I can assure you tonight in closing that if we use our gifts to glorify God, if we use our gifts to magnify the name of God, if we use our gifts to Edify the people of God that I can, can I can tell you from experience that God will give us power to horrify and terrify the opposition of God.